Hey guys, give it up for Josh. Come here, Josh. Come here. Give it up for him and Katie. Amen. Come on. He can't help what he looks like. Come on, give it up. Go ahead, man. Go ahead, man. Oh man, I'm so excited to be with you guys. I'm so excited to be here. And um, I got an invitation from Katie um, a, a few weeks ago. And um, I said, well, Katie, let me check my schedule. Uh, just to let you know kind of how the, the week I've had. Last Tuesday, uh, I buried a, a member of our church. Saturday, I married a young man that I led to the Lord. Sunday, of course, uh, we were preaching the gospel. Monday night, um, I buried another man, 57 years old, a friend of mine who I coached with for many years. He died of COVID, four kids. Um, and, and tonight, obviously, I'm preaching to you. But, but this is what I always do. Whenever I get an invitation, I, I told Katie, well, Katie, let me pray to see what God wants to say. How many know that's a good thing? How many believe God still speaks? Amen. Amen. Let me ask something real quickly. Is anybody here for the first time? Whoa. Okay, I, I saw that hand first. What's your name, dude? My name's Morgan. Morgan, do you like donuts? Come here, man. Come here, man. Come here, Morgan. Come here. My main man. Come here. Morgan, there you go, bro. There's three of them. You can share with two other people. All right, man. Hey, listen. What I love about coming to Harrisburg is they have, they have this place called Krispy Kreme. Yep. Come on. Come on. And, and you, know what hap you know what it means when a red light is on? They're right hot out of the oven. Amen. Let me tell you, what's your name again? Morgan. Morgan. You're getting those donuts right hot out of the oven. Amen. But the rest of you are going to get the word of God right hot out of the oven. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And by the way, um, by the way, Rachel. So as you were leading worship tonight, I felt like the spirit of the Lord wanted me to tell you that God says you are a special daughter to him that he knows the deepest desires of your heart and that he's going to use you to traverse seas and nations that your anointing is a global anointing so I want you to know that somebody give God a praise somebody give God a praise uh, I, I just felt the spirit of the Lord on that. I just felt the spirit of the Lord on it. Well, I never did this before. I'm going to do this tonight. I'm gonna, before I get started, I want to share a picture of my family. Y'all never met my family, amen? So let me, if, if they're going to throw this up here, they're almost as good looking as you guys, almost, almost. Okay. Oh, somebody said, oh, look at that. So in the middle, in the blue, right next to me is my wife. And guess what? We've been married 35 years. Now, ladies, you're supposed to say you don't look like it. <laughs> Amen. So that's my wife. And then, okay, and then if you go to my wife's uh, left, that's my oldest daughter. Uh, that's Megan Duke. And Megan Duke, uh, if you want to look up Megan Duke music, she is awesome, okay? And that's her husband. Uh, her, her husband is the only one that doesn't look like us because he's taller. <laughs> okay? And uh, her husband is from... Indiana, okay, and when Megan was a little girl, we said, Megan, what do you want to be when you grow up? She said, I want to be a farmer. I thought to myself, 
girl, I'm from the city. Ain't no way you're going to be a farmer. <laughs> Zach's parents own hundreds and hundreds of acres in Indiana. She's married to a farmer who loves the Lord and runs a national movement called Big Life. And so those are my four grandkids. That's JJ she's holding, who's a few months old. That's, that's uh, Malia, who is seven. That's Natalie, who is five. And that little one, I'll, I'll call him up. I say, Judah, you my main man. He said, no, you my main man. <laughs> so that's Judah. And then the girl who has her, his arm on Judah in the black, that's my daughter, Erin. Erin um, is Chi Alpha. She was on staff Chi Alpha at University of Virginia. Okay. And so she's, uh, she's a who. And uh, she went to law school. And Erin's passion is Jesus. And the way she works out her passion is she is a public defender for youth in Baltimore. Amen. That's the, that is the real deal, okay? And so next to Aaron is my daughter-in-law. That's Hillary. And Hillary is married to my older son, Bobby, who is my associate pastor at Mountaintop and also my church planting assistant. And they've been married five years, okay? Beautiful couple. And then behind them, the guy with the baseball cap, all right, is my youngest son, Jonah. He is a senior at VT. He plays baseball at VT. Uh, he's never had a girlfriend. Would y'all pray for him? Or volunteer. <laughs> but he's a handsome fella, and he's part of Chi Alpha VT. They all, let me tell you, they all serve the Lord. They all love the Lord. What about Obama? And, I'm a, and, and, the, and the guy in the middle, his name is not Barack Obama. Amen. But he gets confused many a time. Amen. So, so fresh bread from heaven. I, I want you to stand with me and I'm going to take you to a passage of scripture. We're going to read together. If you want to pull it up on your cellular device, we're going to go to. This is what the Lord gave, gave me for you. I've never, once again. Uh, I'm not one of those guys that preach canned messages. I always, I want something that God wants for you. All right. And as I began to pray, God gave me this passage of script. I've never preached this. I want you to know I never preached it. So if I mess up tonight, don't blame me. I've never preached it. <laughs> okay. But this is first Samuel chapter three. And we're going to look at it. I'm not going to keep you long. There's just a few things I just want to observe about this passage. It says, now the boy Samuel. Everybody say Samuel. Samuel. His name means God hears. Samuel was actually an answer to the prayer of his mama, who was barren. And so she names him Samuel because she remembers that God remembered her prayer. Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Somebody say Eli. Yeah. His name means God is lifted up. So he, he had to be an awesome dude who was lifting up the name of God. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place. And when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, and the Lord called Samuel, 
And he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. And he said, I did not call, lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. That word know in, in the Hebrew is to mean to know intimately, personally. Did not know the Lord personally. Nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose, went to Eli and said, here I am for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak Lord for your servant hears. So Samuel went and he lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Why don't you say that with me? Say, speak, for your servant hears. One more time. Speak, for your servant hears. I want you to lift your hands for just a moment. Paul says, I wish that they would lift holy hands in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word tonight and what you want to speak to your sons and to your daughters who are in Christ Jesus. We thank you for the special anointing that is over this time. Father, may our ears be attentive to your word. Father, may it do its work. May it not come back void. What you want to accomplish in the hearts of these beautiful people that you have established in this place. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Can someone say amen? amen. Now tell somebody next to you. Say, God is trying to tell you something. But then I want you to ask them, say, are you listening? <laughs> you may be seated. <laughs> the question is never whether God is trying to tell you something. The question is always, are you listening? Because God is always speaking. <laughs> But we're not always listening. So I heard of a story of a, of a, a guy who'd been married many years. And um, he went to his doctor and he said, Doc, listen, my wife has an issue. She has a problem. Doc said, well, what's the problem? He says, well, I believe she's losing her hearing. She doesn't hear anything I say. And the doctor said, well, we can always test that. And he says, do I have to bring her in? He said, no, 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 just go home. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go to the furthest room in the house away from her and ask her a question. And then I want you to go to another place, a little bit closer, ask her a question. And then I want you to get right behind her and ask her a question and wait to see when she responds. So the man said, oh, that's a great idea. So he goes home, his wife is home cooking in the kitchen and he's up in the bedroom. And he says, just in normal voice, he says, honey, what's for dinner? He doesn't hear anything. So he goes downstairs in the living room and he says, 
Honey, what's for dinner? Nothing. Finally, he gets right behind his wife's ear and he says, honey, what's for dinner? She says, dear, macaroni and cheese. For the third time, macaroni and cheese. <laughs> I mean, no, God is always speaking, but we're not always hearing. We're not always listening. We're not always responding. So God is a personal God who speaks. And I believe that he's looking for someone who will listen, whose ears have been attentive to his voice. So it was literally March 10th, 2020. I was in Cuba at the time. And so I'm doing some work in Cuba. Cuba, is, for those who don't know, I know you guys pray for the nations, but there is revival that is going on in Cuba. And I, tr I truly believe before my lifetime is over that Cuba is going to be converted and that is going to pull out the wickedness of communism. So we're doing a church planting and movement in Cuba. And when I, when I went to Cuba, as soon as I got to Cuba, it was March 10th. And you know what happened March 10th. The World Health Organization declares a worldwide pandemic because of the coronavirus. So it declares this pandemic, all right? Corona is already in the U.S., but it's not in Cuba. And so I leave two weeks later and I'm flying back and I'm flying over um, Washington, D.C., my home. And I look out and it's the eeriest thing I've ever seen. No cars on the road. You probably remember that. Everything is shut down. And as soon as I got back the next week, COVID broke out in Cuba. How many know God loves his anointed? Amen. He was <laughs> watching over me. And so as COVID broke out, of course, the church stopped meeting in buildings. How many know that the gates of hell will never prevail over the church? Amen. They stopped meeting in buildings. We began to do Zoom and with a handful of people. And something new happened in my life. I, I felt like the Lord was telling me to, I want you to go on prayer walks daily. And so I began to walk daily. I began to walk an hour every day. And this is what I would do. I would walk, get up very early in the morning. And I would walk an hour and I would pray in the spirit for about an hour. For those who don't know what that is, it's speaking in tongues, it's speaking in a spiritual language. And so I'm praying in this spiritual language for an hour every morning. And after I'm done praying in, in that spiritual language, then I ask God, I ask God, God, so Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? And then generally speaking, God will lead me to a particular scripture or he'll give me a particular thought or he'll be giving me a particular idea or a concept to consider. So one day I was doing that and I was praying in the spirit and I asked God, what did he want to show me? And this is what the Lord said. The Lord began to speak to me about many issues. And one of the major themes that came up during COVID was that God was raising up a new remnant of his church that would be true to his voice, true to his call, true to his word. And why was that? He told me that he was he raised up this remnant because there would be this massive falling away from the church. Now, I don't know if you have noticed it. You might not have, I have. But there have been many people who have not returned to fellowship. There have been many people who have actually drifted away from the Lord. But at the same time, what I've seen, Josh, particularly in my church at Mountaintop, 
is that our fastest growing demographic are 20 year olds, people just like you. And I truly believe that you are the remnant that he's talking about. I believe that you are the generation that he has raised up who is going to have a sensitive ear to the spirit of the Lord and the prophetic word of the Lord that in the last days, you're going to be the ones who are going to proclaim what the voice of God is. And so God told me that he was raising up this remnant. He's raising up this remnant. And so I was like, OK, God, what is the purpose of raising up this remnant? And the Lord spoke to my heart. He says that the times are coming to an end. They are near. I am preparing for my 1000 year millennial reign of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'm one of the people, if you if, if I'm honest with you, I believe that I see I will see the second coming of Christ. Now, I don't tell you that to scare you. Somebody should be getting excited about that. I don't know about I'm 60 years old. I'm ready to go now. Amen. But I believe that it's coming. But until that comes, I believe that there's still work to do for the remnant of God. OK. And so this is what God is speaking to me as I'm praying. I'm praying. OK, God, what does this look like? What does this look like? And that brings me to the first book of Samuel, because in the first book of Samuel, we see that there is a transitioning that is happening. And what is the transition? The transition is a transition from the priesthood to the prophetic office. You have this man named Eli and Eli is a good man. Once again, his name represents lifting the God on high. Eli has served in the temple for years. But Eli is not a perfect man. Because if you look at Eli's family, you see that his sons are not serving God. And by the way, how many young men we have here today? How many young men? Come on. Let me hear you, young man. Come on now. Let me hear you, young man. Let me tell you. So can I tell you something, young man? Ladies, you need to hear this, too. The measure of a man is not the work you do. The measure of the man is the legacy you leave in your family. Anything that I need to know about a man, anything I need to know about a husband, anything I need to know about a father, I can find out by just talking to their kids. And so this man did a great job of ministering for the Lord. But he missed out on his own family. And so all of a sudden, there is this young man who is in the house of the Lord. His name is Samuel. And God is getting ready for this transition, for this prophetic office now to be established. Because as the Bible says, the word of the Lord had been very rare. It had been very rare. Why was it rare? Can I tell you why I think it was rare? It was rare because there was too much sin in the house. In America, the word of the Lord is rare. And some of the things that we see back in this time, we're seeing in our nation today. Israel was just like America today. It is degenerated morally and politically. So in this picture, what God showed me in this picture is I'm looking at this picture is that the American church that that Eli represents the American church ritual that is being replaced by a remnant of God's people who is Samuel who will prioritize a personal relationship with Jesus endued with the spirit to communicate the voice of God. Ask somebody next to you, are you Eli or are you Samuel?
God is looking for Samuels. I would tell you, and this is my this is my belief, and this is my contention once again. We are in a nation that is disconnected from God. Can we agree? Can we agree? We're a nation that's disconnected with God. Our, church, our churches are drifting away from God. So we need a people who will listen to proclaim the voice of God. God is looking for Samuels. God is looking for Samuels. God is looking for Samuels. He wanted me to tell you that he's looking for Samuels. He's looking for Samuels and I personally believe that your generation is it. Sounds pretty heavy, Pastor Rob. It's not heavy, it's a badge of honor that he wants to give to you, this generation. So, you are a Samuels he desires to speak to, but this is the question, are you listening? My generation has done a poor job in helping you learn how to listen. To learn how to listen to the still small voice of God. But tonight I'm going to teach you how to listen. Somebody give somebody a high five. We're we going to learn how to we gonna learn how to listen. Listen, honey, listen. Samuel. Well, Pastor Rob, I think I want to learn how to listen. I want to learn how to get a prophetic voice of the Lord. How? The first thing is this. Three things. How can I get myself to the place of knowing how to listen? The first thing is this. We must be humble before God. We must be humble before God. Now, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was rare in those days there was no widespread revelation we must be humble before God see I love this what I love about this Josh is you have this in some translations young boy but in actuality he couldn't serve in the temple unless he was of age and he wasn't of age until he was at least 13 years old so you're probably looking at someone who's in their teens very much like you He's in the temple of the Lord. He had already been dedicated to God, dedicated for his whole life by his mama. So he's in the temple of God. And the Bible says that he ministered to the Lord. Now watch this. It didn't say he ministered for the Lord. He said he ministered to the Lord. Did you know that our first ministry is to God? It's not to people. Our first ministry is to God through prayer. Our first ministry to God is through worship. Our first ministry is to God. And this young man humbled himself to the point where his main priority was to minister to the Lord. In other words, watch this. He gave, him, he gave himself fully to God. He wasn't someone who was on the fence. Sometime I'm going to give myself to God. Sometime I'm not. No. He humbled himself. 
to give himself fully to the Lord. I love it. Psalm 92, 13 says he was planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. He was planted there with Eli ministering unto the Lord, ministering unto the Lord, giving himself fully to God. Humbly. Listen, he put himself aside. He put himself aside his priorities. He put aside his objectives, his goals, and he just humbled himself to minister to the Lord. And he humbled himself to minister to the Lord through this man called Eli. And by the way, no one can tell me that they honor God unless they know how to honor authority. So he ministers to the Lord. And then the Bible says the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And once again, I would tell you it was rare because sin was there at the center of a nation, at the center of God's house. It was there. And therefore, there was no revelation. Why? Eli's sons were vile. They were prideful. They were all about themselves. So therefore, they never heard the word of God. They never heard the voice of God. Maybe that's someone here today. Maybe the reason why you haven't heard is because it's all about you. It's all about your desire. It's all about your career. It's all about your goals. But the Bible says, as we humble ourselves upon the mighty side of God, that he will lift us up. But we have this tendency to be prideful, not walk in humility, not to be humble. But the good news is the Bible says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, there's a brokenness that sometimes we bring on upon our own lives because we're walking in pride or we're walking in self. I understand that. I was from the tribe of Eli. In other words, I grew up in this inner city Baptist church when I was a little boy in Washington, D.C. Grew up in this Baptist church. I ministered for the Lord, but I did not minister to the Lord. I didn't know what that meant. I grew up in this inner city Baptist church, and this is one of these churches where you went to church in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. The only thing that sustained me was fried chicken around three o'clock. <laughs> Somebody know what I'm talking about. But can I tell you that at the age of 13, I was broken. I was mad with the world. I was mad at God. I was mad at my mom because she just divorced my dad. And she forced me and she forced me to live with a man that I did not like. I didn't like him. He didn't like me. The feelings were mutual. I was broken. I was angry. And one day I was in a mall in Columbia, Maryland. I don't know if I showed this story before, but I was in a mall in Columbia, Maryland. And I was with some friends and I saw a young man who was just a picture of humility. And he began talking to a bunch of kids and we went wondering what he was talking about. And he asked a question I had never heard before. He said this, if you died, he pointed at me, he said, if you died today, are you sure you will go to heaven? I had grown up in the church all my life and I wasn't sure. And he showed me, shared me that really the ABCs of the gospel. He says, first of all, it starts with this, Rob, you gotta admit that you're broken. In other words, you've got to humble yourself. Admit that you are broken. 
and you're broken by sin. Then you got to be believe that God so loved you and he gave someone to fix your brokenness. And if you confess Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that he rose from the dead, you can be saved. Indeed, devote your life to him as your Lord. At 13 years old, been to church all my life, under the tent of Eli, at 13 years old, I heard and felt the Spirit of God calling me to save me. Somebody need to get God a glory for that. Amen. Come on now. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I hope everyone here has experienced that. Literally, that was really the first call of Samuel. Here, you're going to see a picture of two calls. The first call is really of one of salvation because God is calling him unto himself. And then it's going to be one of an assignment. But the hearing the verse of God first starts when we humble ourselves. We got to make ourselves low. The second thing is this. We must be still with God. We must be still with God. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down. Somebody say lying down. Yeah. Say quiet. quiet. Say alone. And by the way, Jesus once said, he was teaching the disciples to pray. He says, when you pray, go into your room and after you have shut the door. In other words, the power of being alone. So he was quiet and lying down. When his eyes had begun to grow so dim, Eli's eyes began to grow so dim. And you heard the story that the Lord called Samuel. He answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli. Here I am for you called me. He said, I did not call you. Lie down again. He went and lay down again. Then the Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel rose, went to Eli and said, here I am for you. He asked, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Samuel did not know the Lord, nor the word of the Lord was revealed. The Lord called Samuel again the third time and he rose. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Now, before I move on, I think it's important that I clarify something. What I'm talking about tonight is the prophetic voice of God. We know that the Lord speaks. And how does God speak? He speaks in many different ways. Number one, he can speak through dreams. He can speak through visions. He can speak through other people. He can speak through your circumstances. He can speak from, the, from a prompting of the Lord. He can speak through the environment through nature primarily God speaks by his word amen but I'm talking about something a little bit different I'm talking about the prophetic voice of God I'm talking about that voice or that that gift of prophecy all of us are not called to be a prophet or the office of proclaiming a word from the Lord, but all of us can operate in the gift of prophecy. In other words, just as I demonstrated with Rachel earlier, getting a sense that the Spirit of the Lord is saying something so that you can proclaim it to someone else as an encouragement or sometimes a correction or sometimes a rebuke. So it's a little bit different, all right? And so that's what I'm talking about. So Samuel did not know the Lord in a personal direct way, but God was preparing him in Israel for a new dispensation. So it was important that Samuel would personally know the Lord had spoken and that the Lord knew him by name. So he says, Samuel. He says, Samuel. Isn't it special that God knows you by name? The Bible says that even before you were born, he fashioned you in the womb. And he fashioned you with destiny and purpose. 
Ephesians 2.10, your work is workmanship creating Christ Jesus for good work that he planned in advance for you to walk in. I love that song. He knows your name. He knows your every fault. He sees each tear you that falls and hears you when you call. So God steps out. He takes the initiative to build a relationship, to build intimacy. He takes this initiative to come when this boy is still and in silence. You know, there's something about being still. And I would admit this pastor doesn't know a whole lot about it because I'm always moving. <laughs> but how many know we live in a culture now that has so many distractions? I didn't tell you to turn your phone off, did I? But we have so many distractions. It's very seldom that we have learned the blessing of being still and waiting on the Lord and being of good courage as he strengthens his heart. And by the way, I love that word wait. I love that word wait. I used to didn't like waiting until I learned a new definition of wait. Waiting means expectation on tiptoe. In other words, it means waiting to hit, get a voice from the Lord, a word from the Lord, and then moving with it. So this boy Samuel is, is quiet. He is, he is waiting. He is waiting. He doesn't know the voice of the Lord. And, also, and, and, uh, and fortunately, God had placed this mentor in his life. He placed his father in his life. He placed Eli. He placed this priest or pastor in his life. He placed this campus ministry in his life to teach him that there was a voice that he could hear. And in his waiting and in his sleep, he hears this voice. Now, First time I heard it, first time I heard it, I was climbing a corporate ladder at eight years of college, trying to get to a position as a hospital president. I entered a season of brokenness. Once again, you hear the voice of the Lord when you humble yourself. I entered a season of brokenness, and in my period of brokenness, God did something to me that had never happened before. He took me to another place of humility. And that place of humility was something called prayer and fasting. Where I gave up the right to eat. Where I gave up the right to sustain myself. And had to look at the Lord to sustain me. So I go through, this, I go through these days and I'd never done prayer and fasting before. I went three to five days. I think it was five days. And on the third day, <laughs> on the third day I'm sleeping with my wife. And I hear, the, I hear the voice of the Lord in a dream. And the voice said, arise, shine, your light has come. So <laughs> it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. I like, and I looked over at Linda. And then it was like. <sighs> <laughs> so I just went back to sleep. And then I, I'm back to sleep. And then I hear, arise, shine, your light has come. I look back over at her and she's, I go back to sleep, Josh. The third time I hear, arise, shine, your light has come. Now, in my heart, I know the only way I would have heard that voice is if I were asleep because I was too busy to listen. 
So I got up and I went downstairs where I would have my quiet time every morning. And I had just fallen in love with the word of God. I had just fallen in love with, with, the, with the voice of the word of God. I, had just, I would go to bed waiting to hear what God would speak to me by the written word. But I never heard the audible word of God. And I opened up my Bible to Acts chapter 9. It was a story of Paul, Saul, on the Damascus Road where God apprehends him and calls him to the ministry. The next day I got up and I told my pastor what had happened. And he affirmed and confirmed that that was the voice of God and that he was calling me to ministry. But yet I was climbing this ladder and I had a decision to make. I was either going to listen and respond to the voice of the Lord or I was going to turn away. Some of you, listen, and I know this, I know this, I know this in my spirit. Some of you, there's someone here and you know that you've heard God's voice, but you have yet to respond. Can I encourage you? Can I encourage you? All the days ordained for you are written in this book before one of them came today. And they're days of blessing when we commit to walk in, in obedience to what we hear. So Samuel, so Samuel, he hears this voice and watch what happens. Now the Lord called and stood and called at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered. This is probably the most important part. He answered, speak for your servant hears. In other words, not only must we be humble before God, not only must we be still with God, we must be ready to be responsive to God. Listen, God is not committed to speaking to you if you're going to walk in rebellion. He speaks to those who have a commitment to obedience. As a matter of fact, John says it this way. He who has my commands and obeys them. He is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father. Now watch this. And I will too love him and show myself to him. Did you get that? God wants to show himself to you. He wants to speak something special in your life that could be a blessing to the nations and be a blessing to others. So Samuel says, speak for your servant hears. Now watch this because this is critical. The Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. And that day I will perform against your father, Eli. All that I've spoken concerning his house from the beginning to the end, for I have told him. That I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. What is he saying? He is saying a hard thing. I mean, the first thing that Samuel hears from God is a hard thing. How am I going to go tell my boss? That his house is getting ready to be judged. That his boys are getting ready to be smitten, stricken. How am I going to tell that? But this young man had already determined in his heart 
that he was going to be a servant of the Lord, no matter what it takes. And it takes courage. One of the things I love about you guys, watch this, is that you all have courage. It hasn't been totally manifested yet, but I know something about this generation. This is one of the most creative, courageous generations that has ever been on the face of the planet. That's part of the reason why I believe that God wants to speak prophetic words into your life because he knows that you have the courage to walk in what God demands and plans for your life. I believe that. I trust that. I believe that. I'm committed to that. That's why I'm here. That's why I work with other alphas, because I believe in this generation. That they will say, speak for your servant here. But you're always tested in it. I was just tested very recently. You don't even know this, Josh. So in 2020, at the end of, uh, near the end of the, the 2020, I'm prayer walking, I'm prayer walking, God speaks this to me. He says, I'm preparing you. I, I just turned 60 years old. Once again, especially ladies, you, gotta, you guys can say you don't look like it. Oh, thank you so much. I know you mean that, no, but anyway. But I'm, I'm prayer walking, and this is what the Lord says to me. He says, I am preparing you for a decade of destiny and difference. He spoke that to me, and he spoke that to my church. I'm preparing you for a decade of destiny and difference. And I'm like, okay, God, what does that mean? He's like, I'll tell you later. <laughs> he just says, start walking in it. And so he spoke that to me very, very clearly. And so I started speaking that to the church. God's getting us ready, this, this next decade of destiny and difference. And if I would tell you some of the powerful things that have already happened, it would blow your mind, but I don't have enough time for it. But I'll tell you that with that promise came a challenge that I don't believe, well, I believe was that was of God to test me. And this is what it was. After he told me that, a few months later, I get a call for one of the flagship churches of the Assemblies of God. And they called me because they wanted me to consider to come being their pastor. Now they had already sent out, they had already gotten 40 resumes, applications, whatever, to fill the senior pastor, pastorate who had just retired. And they wanted me to come and interview being the pastor. And you know what the Lord told me? I was praying, you know what he said? I told him I'd pray about it. You know what God told me, Josh? You know what he said? He said, don't go back to Egypt. I knew exactly what he meant. What God was telling me, he said, was tell me this. He says, don't go back to a place that makes their provision their Lord. I said, okay. But then I started talking to some, some of my mentors and some of my mentors said, well, Rob, that could be it. But you know, they're, they're pursuing you. Maybe this is an opportunity for you to speak vision, apostolic anointing. And to their eldership, once again, there's a very flagship church, large church, big school, yada, yada, all these resources. And so I go and I meet with the elders, my wife and I, great meeting, is able to speak vision, yada, yada, yada. Knowing, already God said that he had already prepared me for a decade of destiny, knowing already that he said, go, don't go back to Egypt, yet being operating under the authority of some of my mentors, of just going and trying to be a blessing. Came out of the meeting and my wife and I were driving home and my, both of my wife and I said, this is not where God has called us. 
And so I called the I called the one of the elders the next day and said, "No, we can't. Um, God has not called us to this ministry." And then the next day, I woke up and I was prayer walking again. I'm walking. I'm praying in the spirit. And this is the thought that I had. I said to myself, Josh, what did I just do? What did I just do? And this is what God spoke to me. He says, faith says no to everything that everyone else says yes to. To say yes to everything that everyone else cannot see. He says, in other words, trust the word of the Lord. Not the delights of men, not the fame of the world. Trust the word of the Lord and then walk in the word of the Lord. This is the Samuel generation. You are the Samuel generation. You can never say that God didn't tell you because I'm telling you. You are that generation. And God is calling you out to the place of listening, of hearing, and of responding. Samuel represents the remnant church that has turned, tuned its ear to the Spirit of the Lord, listening with a heart ready to make itself available, with a heart of servanthood and submission, forsaking the cares and pursuits of the world for the cares and concerns of Christ. That's you. That's you. Look at somebody next to you and say, congratulations. <laughs> now, now look at them again and say, don't be scared. It's a powerful, powerful anointing that he has given you. And the prophetic voice, thank you, you're going to see it, Josh, yourself raise up here. And the Lord, thank you, Lord. And God is telling you to steward it well because you're going to see it come alive. I want to do something. If, if, if maybe we can have just some quiet music playing or Rachel, if you want to pray some very quietly, this is, this is what I want to do. I, I want... I want us to, I want us to try something. I want us in a moment, I'm gonna get you to stand and I'm gonna get you to get kind of out of your seat and you can stand anywhere here. And this is what I want you to do. I started off by having us lift up holy hands. That's a posture of humility and submission. And so I want you to find a place. You can get into a corner. You can get anywhere. And I want you just to lift up your hands. And this is all I want you to say. I want you to lift up your hands to the Lord and say, Speak, Lord, your servant hears. And just do it a couple times and then just be quiet before the Lord. And let's see if God speaks something to you tonight. And this is what I'm believing. For most of us, it's going to be something for us. 
Yeah, thank you, Lord. Usually the prophetic word is for others, but I'm believing that there is going to be something for you. And I'm going to pray that tonight. I'm not going to lay hands on people and, and Josh, you can close however you want. But I do. I, I want us to practice. We got to get into the practice. We got to get into the practice. And, and I'm going to encourage you to do something daily. When you get up, lift your hands. And let's just start by saying daily, speak, Lord, your servant hears. And this is what God does to me. He'll give me a scripture. Boom. Pow. He'll give me a scripture. I'll open up the scripture and I'll pray the scripture back to God. Sometimes he'll give me an idea. Sometimes he'll give me a person. Sometimes he'll give me a, just a, a thought. And you know what I do? I just take it as from the Lord and I just run with it. But you got to start practicing. You got to start practicing. And it starts by just once again, this posture of humility. Speak, Lord, your servant ears. And so I'm going to ask you to stand right now. Just go ahead and find a place all over this room, all over this room. Just find a place. And we're going to do this in silence. You can come down to this altar around here, wherever you want to come. And just wherever you are, just, just lift up your hands. And Father, we, we just going to start by just lifting up your hands all around this room, Lord. These are your people. These are your children. And I'm believing, God, that this word is for them and that there is going to be an, a, a pouring out of a prophetic anointing. A prophetic anointing. Where people are going to see dreams. People are going to see visions. People are, again, going to get a, a word as they're sleeping. The Holy Spirit is going to begin moving and cultivating a greater ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And with that, God, I'm believing that they're going to step out in boldness and courage. They're your, they your servants and they want to hear. Thank you, Lord.